Welcome to the Let's Talk Basic podcast, where girl talk about everything basic. Join us as we sit down with a glass of wine and see where the conversation goes. Kick back, relax, and get ready for the ultimate girls' night in. I'm your host, Joanne. And I'm Vanessa. Welcome back to this week's Let's Talk Basic podcast. Ooh, cheers. Cheers. It's summertime. It's, it's hot outside. Summer. It's I amazing. It. <laughs> so before we get into everything, mm. uh, I wanted to address some listener comments that mm. we've received. Let's hear it, Joanne. Okay. So the first one comes and they said, I'm really liking your podcasts. I'm fascinated by the person who went to your wedding and left without leaving a present or card. Did the bridesmaids shame them after the fact? Okay. So no, they didn't shame them. But is that a thing that they should have done? (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to lie. When I talked about that to my friends, they were like, what a big no-no. Oh, absolutely. But... Should I have followed up? (laughs) I mean, I think that's a little aggressive, but um, let me ask you this question. Have you talked to this person? No, I haven't. I think it was like a, okay, (laughs) our relationship has ended. Yeah. I mean, this person obviously hasn't reached out or anything. No. And likely will not be invited to any of your children's birthday parties. Yeah. I think we're out of each other's lives yeah. at this point. I think it was a classy move by you not to follow up. <laughs> to shame them. So good for you on that. But uh, that's a fair comment. <laughs> but if you have like a similar situation and you have shamed them, please let us know. Like, yeah. I would like to hear that story. And how did it go down? Yeah. And so also like kind of like a leading like so after our wedding series, I recently attended a wedding I was I wanted to give X amount mm-hmm. and because of all the follow-up, I'm like, wow, you're so generous about this amount. I was kind of like contemplating the amount that I was gonna give this person because of all the other feedback that I've received from you guys. So like some a lot of people are saying, like, that's a really generous amount. Maybe I should rethink mine. Huh. Interesting. I thought we were so average. I thought we were average too. Okay. Well, that's yeah. some feedback. It's good to look, to hear from you guys. Um, relating to the rings and lobster episode, mm-hmm. someone said, I'm reminded of a woman I used to work with who wore her first husband's wedding ring instead of her second husband's wedding ring mm. because she said the second one was smaller than the first and she would not wear his ring until he gave her something bigger than the first husband. It was all about the diamonds. As you can imagine, she was a bit of a bitch. Oh! <laughs> Did that come in anonymous? I don't know. I didn't ask if they want their name to be given out. No, we don't want to do that. But that's, well, I mean, I haven't even gone through my first marriage. So I I hope that I never have to go through the second one. But I would personally think that it would kind of be a slap in the face for the second husband. And... Oh, yeah, for sure. She sounds like a Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> what? Is that there. not what we're going to say? Yeah. Are we not in agreement? Okay, but here's the thing. So, like, the only thing that I can relate to, yeah. so, is that I still wear a necklace that I was given by my ex-boyfriend. Okay. okay? And my thing with my current boyfriend is that, look, if you're not going to get me something similar to, like, so it was a very, like, staple necklace. It's easy. You can wear it anywhere. Yeah. 
I feel so like I, that is so different, though. Like, okay, so because an engagement is so much different than yeah, just like a gift from your ex-boyfriend. It has so much more significance in a true. wedding ring than like a necklace yeah, or like earrings true. that you get, right? Yeah. Like, but okay, but that's another question that we should ask people: Do you wear your ex-boyfriend's jewelry that they gave you? Is that like offensive to the current that's boyfriend or husband? Because I definitely wear it, and I might, I might be offending someone that I didn't mean to. Because yeah, I'm trying to remember if I wear anybody's jewelry. I definitely have them still. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would be a big issue to wear them, but who knows? That's like maybe the thing. I yeah. doubt that your husband would care at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he would know. Even if I told him, <laughs> exactly. he'd be like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> okay, what's the? Do we have any others? So, uh, for stories, that's it. But we, I have one more comment that. Okay. I got, and this was just from somebody who, like, I met met with and was like, you know, you're not really saying any cities in your actual travel podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're, like, talking about how much we love cities, how much we hate cities, but we don't actually name any cities. And I'm like, that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Portugal. We're talking about Japan. Exactly. <laughs> we actually know our geography, guys. <laughs> <laughs> But this is a basic podcast, so who cares anyway? <laughs> exactly. You, you, you would know if you follow us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, thank you so much for giving all your feedback and everything. We love to hear it. So continue sending them in, sending them to our Instagram account or You check emails. all our DMs. Yeah. Daily. <laughs> <laughs> but what are we here to talk about today, Joanne? So we're going to talk about our work life, I think. Mm. One of the worst things about summer is that we're still at work all Mm -hmm. the time. And it takes up, what, like 80% of our lives. Yep. So what does it really involve? And like, how do we feel about it? How did we even get get to the careers that we are in? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I can, I can start. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So I work in the nonprofit world, and I've actually always been in the nonprofit world. So I started my career um, actually volunteering, and I volunteered for the Heart and Stroke Foundation because my father actually had a heart attack, and I wanted to do something. Mm -hmm. So I joined a a youth group that was more about advocacy and like um, just informing youths about health and safety and prevention and all of that. And that's kind of where it all stemmed from. And I all of a sudden got offered a summer job to do that. Mm-hmm. And that, at that young age, I didn't know that you could make money by... Like, I always thought that nonprofit was volunteering and that was right. it. That's I what it sounds like. Anyways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I never knew that people get paid <laughs> uh, when they're in a nonprofit. And I never knew that there was a career out of that. So at a very young age, I was lucky enough to be exposed to that. And through my volunteer work, I actually built a career in my nonprofit, in the nonprofit world. And I loved it and I've um, grown from it I'm still in it and Mm -hmm. um, for those of you who don't know I work for a nonprofit organization who is um, a cancer research center in Toronto and I run a campaign called Color to Conquer. Very cool. So if anybody's looking for a job in not-for-profit or have never actually if you're looking for a volunteer position even oh no that's not where i was going if you're looking for like career uh, routes that you could take Mm -hmm. um so you get summer fridays you i don't get get it right (laughs) 
I don't get it right now. You don't. Uh, there's a lot of events. <laughs> yes. Um, there's winter Fridays that you get off. Okay, you let get me be a very lot of clear. Let me be very clear. Uh, you get paid pretty well. So, so let... <laughs> Stop. I'm going to stop Joanne right there before she ruins my entire career. Um, she's absolutely right in terms, of, <laughs> in terms of the summer Fridays and the flex hours and all of that. I've definitely gotten it from every single organization I've worked for <laughs> until now. Um, I think there's, there's a misconception when, when you're working for a nonprofit organization. Number one, like, oh, you work for a nonprofit, you don't get paid. That's untrue. That's not true. Right, we absolutely gets paid, and there is an admin fee. And people often ask, like, what's the bottom line? How much is goes to administration? How much goes to research? Research. Every organization is different, and you should also always do your research in terms of which organization you donate to. But um, <laughs> Joanne is absolutely right. Um, we do get a lot of flex hours. We get summer Fridays. It's awesome. And the people who usually work at a nonprofit organization, you know what? We have a similar personality. We're chill. We want to drink. We want to hang out. And we're usually around the same age. So it's a lot of fun. So for people who want to explore that industry, I encourage you to do that. Definitely. If I could redo my <laughs> career path. Hey, but Joanne also works for a really cool industry. She works for tourism. The, yeah. So I am a tourism consultant. I work with businesses to help them grow. And honestly, I kind of fell into it. Uh, I always knew I was going into business. I was going more towards accounting. I did one summer in accounting. I was like, nope, not. I can this. never imagine you in accounting. Oh, no. But it's like 90% of my friends. Yep. <laughs> but then I was like, okay, hard cut. I'm going to go into marketing because it sounds fun. So I've worked at Sears Canada before they folded in some marketing positions. I worked in some startup tech companies. Uh, I worked in insurance and then I landed my longest position in marketing in a law firm. And that led me into, well, just working for business development and kind of getting into that world. And for those of you who don't know, um, Joanne and my now boyfriend actually worked at the same law firm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny because at the law firm, there's like two tiers. One is like <laughs> staff and one is lawyers. <laughs> and like we don't gel until there's alcohol involved. Yeah. So it was funny because we knew each other, but we're like secret friends. <laughs> yeah, they're secret friends because they're Asians. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why. <laughs> okay. Joanne, didn't you also meet your husband there? Oh, yeah, I did. Yes, I did. And then yeah. so, so it was a very significant position that you held there because yeah. you met so many, I think, important people in your life. That was a really fun place to work. Like, it sounded like it was really fun. <laughs> the work itself is not that fun. Yeah. But because we had such a group of young people, mm -hmm. um, everybody was really smart, really talented, mm -hmm. and it was just a lot of fun to be working in that environment and it doesn't suck when your company is bringing in a lot of money <laughs> so and that joanne lived like two minutes away from her workplace oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome it was great but you know like things change and now i'm in like a much more stable career that like mm -hmm. i love doing too so this is a pretty significant point so when joanne and i moved in together i feel like both of us were going through the same kind of career changes so when I moved in with you, I was still with the company that was I was um, in my first like 
that I held my first job with. Mm -hmm. And then I think moving in with you, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm becoming an adult. Like I'm going into a job where I'm like, I have to actually focus. I have to be present and I can't be hungover (laughs) every single day. Because your first job or the job that you had when you were with living with me was the first job you had out of university, right? Yeah. That's pretty huge. Yeah. And it was the first time moving downtown, yeah, too. Yeah, Moving so out big. on your own. And then I just she remember grew making... up before my eyes. I it know. Was so it, it's so <laughs> insane because, like, I feel like, yes, I only lived with you for five months, mm-hmm. right? It was such a short amount of time. But during those five months, there were so many changes that, like, you witnessed. Yeah. I, like, grew up in front of your eyes, like you said. Yeah. I had, all of a sudden, I had a adult job yeah where you know that I could not have been hung over every single day and I had to show up on time and then I was like kind of starting my relationship with my now boyfriend so which you also witnessed yeah (laughs) (laughs) I was literally growing up in front of your eyes but it's really funny too because you think about when you start your career and Mm -hmm. everything and how like how inexperienced I was like I remember going into my first interviews. <laughs> Some of the answers that I would say, yeah. I like, I think about them now. Like, how could I have possibly have said that? How could I have been hired? Yeah, well, I, mean, I didn't yeah. get hired. That was the problem. Okay. <laughs> so I remember, like, one of them. Uh, I was applying into an ad agency, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Are you detail oriented?" And I was like, "No." no. I, I, <laughs> Because in my head, I was like, oh, like, I like to know where it's going. Like, I want to know the strategy and then I can help get to, like, the details. But I was just like, no, I'm a big picture thinker. And I left it at that. I did not get that job. (laughs) That's okay. We learned. What other kind of um, work faux pas did you do when you were in your earlier career? Mm, I think learning how to dress was also, like, a good kind of learning experience for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I did... Obviously, a couple internships where, like, I'm, I'm sure all of you have done as well. And I probably purchased my first work outfit from Forever 21, which is super reasonable because I feel like everyone starts there. And so I started building my wardrobe. And then as I, you know, started working and I'm seeing all these beautiful women who I look up to dressing absolutely, like, really professionally. And I started to, like, kind of mimic what they were wearing Mm -hmm. and I started building a work wardrobe and I'm telling you a work wardrobe takes I think a couple years to kind of perfect Mm -hmm. right um because it's very different from your going out outfits hopefully yeah (laughs) and what you wear there so uh, it took me a couple years to build a wardrobe that I'm like you know what I can probably pick anything from a wardrobe I would look okay yeah at a work setting It's funny because I think when you're in university, your closet is clubbing clothes. Oh my gosh, lots of neon. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I had lots of neon. Lots of lots of short black dresses. Yeah, and sweatpants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those are the two things. Those are the two extremes. That's all you had. And then you're thrown into like a workplace. You're like, okay, go out there now. working world and you end up on like pinterest being like i know or googling like work interview outfit (laughs) you're like okay this is what i'm gonna get now but i do remember like my first um interview outfit i bought 
like it was a combination of um, a Susie Shear <laughs> dress yeah. pant and a Club Monaco cardigan. That's so it was nice. Like a, it was a combination of yeah. the two. Um, but yeah. I actually had like I splurged, quote unquote, yeah. uh, on an Aritzia blazer that I would wear for interviews. Yep. And I would only wear for interviews, right? Or like, you know, presentations hey, or whatever. You know what? I still do that. I think the problem with that is how they had the shoulder pads. I still, oh God, yeah, I still have those. So that those are not in. I'm not gonna lie. So the um, interview outfit that I yeah. had. So my first interview, and then I started. I bought a blazer from Club Monaco. I have them both here. Yeah. And I still wear them. But yeah, I actually think they're too professional. Yeah, I feel like for workplaces now. You don't really need that suit mm-hmm. and tie attitude going but into interviews. But I also interviews. think that when you're in your, like, 19-year-old trying to interview for some, something, yeah. you're trying to be more like a 25-year-old. Yeah. We're not really trying to be that age. We're trying to, like, lower our age yeah. now. And so one of the tricks that I actually had and that I've actually told my mm-hmm. interns is that when I was interviewing for jobs that I feel like people would think that I'm too young for, yeah, a little trick that I did and you guys can try this and let me know if it's successful. Yeah. So I actually wore an engagement ring. Oh my gosh. <laughs> totally. I went to freaking Aldo. Yeah. And I bought like an engagement ring. Yeah. And I wore it so that people would like I would appear older right than I am. Yeah. And I got that Interesting. job twice. I don't know if that's because of that. You th- I don't know. I don't I, know. Maybe it's like a lucky charm of mine that I think it worked, but yeah. like I mean, I feel it's like valid, it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I feel like people, like, I was so young, and people always kind of, like, looked at me as so junior. Yeah. But, like, to be honest, they can probably look at my resume and know when I graduated and know exactly how yeah. old I was. But, like, I feel like having that engagement ring really brought me, like, no, this girl is mature. Yeah. And, like, she's not looking for just, you know, a place to, you know, explore, but she's looking for a home. Like a career. Yeah. I think that's always one of the biggest challenges with interviews, especially for me, is that I always feel like I'm too young for this position, especially when I'm applying up, right? Or like I'm too inexperienced. But I think after, I mean, maybe it's also because now I have a couple years under my belt and I feel more accomplished. And confident. (laughs) Yeah. That now I'm like, maybe I'm not like, who cares? I'm just going to apply for it. But definitely, I remember, like, going into the first interviews being like, oh, my gosh, like, you're going to look at me like I'm a baby. (laughs) Um, So I want to tell you something that I've actually had told, like, maybe one or two people. um, And this was just revealed. Exclusive. (laughs) Actually, it was just, like, it was just revealed to me this, like, last week, maybe. Yeah. So my boss and I were having a conversation about um, my career. And he's like, look, we're talking about, frankly, I want to... I want to tell you something. I'm like, okay, what? And he said that um, when it came down to the other person and me for this specific position, um, after meeting with COO, she actually told him, like, not to hire me. Oh, wow. I know. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, why did she say that? And he said that, she thought I was a flight risk. Oh. Yeah, so my resume hasn't been the most consistent. I probably switched, switched positions every two years or so. And um, I can acknowledge that. And I totally see that, like, as one of my preparation for 
like answering questions in an interview, that's also one of the questions I always prep for. Mm-hmm. Why were you only here for this amount of time at this position? Oh, yeah, obviously. Right? All and, the time. But, yeah, but the thing that. is, like, the, the thing that I'm really confident about saying is that I'd rather do that and look at myself as a flight risk than being stagnant. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's even more dangerous. Yeah. Right? Staying at the same position, staying at the same company for five years or more, knowing that you can probably be a manager or taking a more of a leadership position at some somewhere else, I think is higher risk than having someone jump, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? Because, like, having someone that's comfortable in your in your organization means that you want this person to be stagnant. You, as an organization, is comfortable with this person staying here because you know that they excel at their role, right? But having a person move around might not be good for you, but it's good for them personally. Right. And in, in a career move. So I I told my boss, and I'm like, look, it's, it's that's one way of looking at it. But mm-hmm. I told him exactly what I told you guys. And, like, I think um, – that's one way to look at it, but I would rather be called bad than be called stagnant because that's, I feel like that's more, that's more dangerous than being a flight risk. I think it's like a hard balance because being a younger person, I feel like you definitely have to move around to get the experience that you need to move And the up. pay that you want and deserve. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people, when you move in, like move around internally, they kind of jip you for that. Like they know what you're making. And they know that X amount of dollars would be sufficient for you. But, like, seriously, if we're looking at it in an external point of view, you would get much much of a higher pay if you move externally. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of how I looked at it. And I'm like, I've got to move. Yeah. And I understand from, like, the corporate side where it's like, because if you have that mentality where Mm -hmm. you're like, okay... I need to move to get the pay that I need. The chances of you leaving literally after two years is probably pretty high. Yeah, because like uh, year one, you learn a lot. And yeah. second year, you've probably perfected it. And like kind of like you, if you know that nothing is moving in the organization and if your boss isn't moving and progressing, that means you're probably kind of stagnant. Yeah. Right? And it's kind of time for you to look out for yourself. Yeah. So I don't know, like uh, I get it from both sides, yeah. um, but I feel like in reality, like are mo- aren't most people leaving every couple years? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. I definitely was. So Joanne, I also want to ask you, like, have you had any great mentors like in your career and like people that you keep in touch with that you sincerely care about, obviously, and then also want to learn from I had a amazing um manager in my previous job Mm -hmm. I think like I've gotten to a point though because my career kind of took like a different direction than where I was when I was with her and now I'm kind of like afraid to go back because my job has completely changed Mm -hmm. and she had always said like oh I see so much potential in you in like this field which was uh very tech technology based and I've completely cut out all the technology so I kind of feel ashamed of like letting her down in a way so I haven't reached out to her Mm -hmm. recently but she was definitely somebody that was so supportive in my career growth and giving me the opportunities to like do more and be excited about work Mm -hmm. how about you where are you going with this question um I've actually just 
always been friends with the people mm-hmm. that have been my bosses. So I've like I'm on texting bases and mm-hmm. Instagram DM bases right. um, with the majority of my bosses, except for the most recent one, which I actually yeah. had lunch with a week ago. Uh-huh. So it's not like we're on bad terms, but I think um, different, like I'm actually on good terms on with every single one of my bosses that I have, um, you know, left. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that I bond more with, female bosses I don't know if it's like a gender thing uh-huh. but I find that uh I think I I I either just I think I just bond more with them so mm-hmm. I'm more, more on a like I said like a texting and a dm basis for most of them yeah and we keep some keep in touch all of the time but not necessarily on a career basis uh-huh. so I haven't asked them for any advice but they've always been my um references right so, I and don't know that. yeah, the, do you think there's like a reason for that? I think I'm just a very friendly person. Like, like for I, females, like why, like the like so my why? my male bosses have also been a lot more strict and okay. a lot more structured, and they're a lot more professional and career oriented, mm-hmm. right? And I kept it at that. And I think when you when a person or your boss preferences as that, you don't try to go. You don't try to take that relationship elsewhere. Yeah. Right? So if your relationship is strictly professional, yeah, it kind of ends when you leave your job. Right. Right? Because you don't have your regular updates. You don't have that banter like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Yeah. So um, the relationship kind of ends there. Yeah. Uh, whereas the female bosses are probably more a little bit more personal, like, you know, yeah. it's like female bonding. Yeah. It really doesn't matter if you're, like, you know, where you are yeah. in life. They just, we have more to talk about yeah. as women. And I'm sure that men probably relate to their um, male counterparts the same way. But I just, as a trend, found yeah. that um, I keep in touch on a more personal level um, with my female partners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I've had eight managers maybe in my life. Eight? Joanne, I think that's, so. a, that's pretty good. Something like that. Yeah. And I think there are only two that I actually talked to after they stopped being my manager. Yeah. And one's a female, one's a male. So I think I'm also like a bit weird because it's really hard for me to build a personal relationship with mm-hmm. my manager. Like I can't get over that like barrier. I have great relationships in general with all of my managers. Most of them. One was a dick. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> not sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, like, did not give me any direction whatsoever. That sucks. Uh, but, yeah, like, I've had really good relationships. Like, I get along well. Like, I think that's so important when picking a job, too, right? Like, just to make sure you have good rapport and, like, you're able to get each other oh okay, in the interview. Oh, my God. Okay, keep going. Um, but it's so hard to get a break that barrier and be like, okay, let's go out and have a drink. Like, let's text each other. Like, that is so So awkward, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you have that. It seems like you have that. So I I definitely have that with a lot of my old managers. Yeah. And I absolutely love them. And it's because we, we, they set the precedent that they were going to be my friend. Right. Right. So it was, um... It was more like them giving me the pathway of like, hey, we can be, we're going to be friends. Yeah. And this is how we're going to talk to each other because 
I'm like I'm the kind of person that like reciprocates whatever that person gives me. So if they're giving me a friend vibe, I'm gonna give that back. Right. But so I want to talk about this one incident. Oh my god, you're gonna love this. <laughs> so when I worked at my first job after university. Mm-hmm. I had a wonderful manager. That's the one that I keep in touch with and on a friend basis. Love her to death. And then she got let go and this other person came in. Yeah. And it was a freaking nightmare night and day. And so um, my coworkers and I, who are extremely good friends that mm-hmm. I like went to the wedding with and I went to the bachelorette, like we're that close. Mm-hmm. Um, the three of us, would have these dates yeah. after our work hours and we so we worked we, we didn't work in school boards but like we worked with schools mm-hmm. and we would name this bar after like a school so for example it would be called Earlsville yeah really we we're going to Earls on King Street right right so like this person this insane person went bar to bar around our office in hopes of finding us drinking yeah. and booking us and firing us. Oh my That gosh. was her entire goal. And I'll tell you how I know and found out about this afterwards. So this person was absolutely insane. Yeah. And wow. she would want to go to every one of our sales meeting, try to do it her way, fail, and then give it back to us. Mm-hmm. Right? It was just like such a horrible environment. And I remember her... I'm holding like a team meeting at like a Monday at 9 a.m. Which is the worst. Why would anybody do that? So like, (laughs) yeah. So like number one, it's kind of like if you want your team to be engaged Mm -hmm. and don't ever schedule a meeting. Don't freaking ever do that. Don't put it at 9 a.m. on a Monday. Yeah. That's like. Or 4 p.m. on a Friday. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. It's like setting your team up for failure. Yeah. So she put it on a Monday um, at 9 a.m. Yeah. Hey, everyone showed up on time. Yeah. Everyone was there. Um, there were a couple of yawns, rightfully so, because it was... 9 a.m. 9 a.m. on a Monday. Yeah. But everyone was present and everyone was there. And so she had this one-hour meeting talking about whatever she wanted to talk about. And then afterwards, my colleague got uh, pulled in. My colleague and I, actually, both of us, got called in into a meeting and literally in exact words said that you look disengaged oh and like God. my face dropped like I yeah. didn't know how to react yeah I was like I'm sorry like um how more like what more do you want me to do I'm present on a 9 a.m meeting on a Monday I'm yeah. sitting there happy like kind of like mm-hmm. what do you want from me did you say that to her of course not Oh, I was like, I was oh. like oh, wow. No, no, no. Laugh so like, when she said it to me, my colleague and I kind of looked at each other and was like, F you. But like, I'm sorry. Her name was Irene. <laughs> <laughs> Irene, what would you like from us? And she's like, you need to look more engaged and everything. So the joke for that, you know, season while we're working in the school board. Yeah. Is that. All of us just sent engaged photo, selfie photos of us being engaged to each other. Being like, hey, I'm practicing my engaged face. Like, yeah. will this pass at the next meeting was like kind of the joke. Yeah. And then um, 
obviously I didn't last very long there and I quit. <laughs> right, I right. So and how then, did she ever find out? Like, okay, so you guys oh were my at gosh. bars. So the funny thing was that my my manager mm-hmm. reported to her. So she wasn't my direct manager, but okay. she was such a micromanager that she needed control everywhere. Yeah. So she kind of overstepped my manager, who was kind of pissed that she went over her. Right. To come to me yeah. to talk about my engaged face or a disengaged face, whatever she wanted to call it. Yeah. And so my manager actually came to me when I gave her my resignation letter and was like, I'm happy for you because this was all happening. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I'm so happy that I'm leaving. Yeah. Oh, 100%. How could you work in a place like that? Yeah. But I would not be surprised if a lot of people are in similar situations. Yeah. But hey, yeah. Um, just to not prove my point because I didn't really have a point, but that person actually got fired a couple months after I left. Yeah. Because they found out how inefficient that position was, and so they got rid of that. So it's kind of like, I don't know, that was kind of like one of the experiences that I've had. Like, I've had such great managers. Yeah. That was absolutely the worst. Oh, yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah, and she lasted like four months herself. I I don't know what happened. Well, at least they got rid of her, because I feel like there was justice served in that. (laughs) Oh my gosh, is that so mean, though, to say, like, I'm glad they got rid of her? Yeah, no, but like, it was such a nightmare (laughs) for everyone involved. Yeah. Um, But the great thing is that the manager that I reported to and the other one that was, you know, like lateral to her, mm-hmm. they're all still there. Yeah. They're all happy. Yeah. They all have their own great team and running a wonderful program for a nonprofit. So That's awesome. it's going strong. Is there like bad coworkers or like people that you've engaged with that you're just like, how do they have a job? I've had many instances where I've had those thoughts. Yeah. But luckily, none of my immediate team. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, sure. But in general, like, okay. so I remember. Yeah, oh, go, go ahead. So recently, I was in a meeting, and I think I might have ranted to you about this. <laughs> um, but I was in this meeting with, like, this old man. And okay. he was here to talk about, like, what they do, like, the services that they have. So... Like, we're all business consultants. We have, like, a wide range of ages. Again, probably very accomplished in the work. Mm-hmm. And we're all, like, I think we're all really good at what we do. Yeah. So he comes in and says, like, you know, you really got to talk to a company and do a SWOT analysis. <gasps> and then he pauses and looks around the room. And he's like, do you know what a SWOT analysis is? Shut up. And I was trying to figure out why I was so angry about this. And then I realized that this is like an example of mansplaining. Oh no. And that was what was going on. Mansplaining. Is <laughs> and is that like, I think that gets me so angry in a work environment, especially because I'm like, mm-hmm. how is this still, I guess like oh, as a no. young quote unquote millennial woman working, it makes me so angry to see those people. Can I even say that? I think you can. I got so annoyed at this guy. And honestly, he provided zero value the entire meeting. He was just constantly like explaining things to us, like what an income statement. And he and couldn't no one answer. Stopped. No well, one stopped him. Nobody stopped him, but we tried to redirect the conversation. And that's what pissed me off even more because I'm like, 
okay, that's fine if you can't, or if you want to get into like the rudimentary、mm-hmm. elements of business. But if you can't offer us anything deeper than that, you have no reason to talk down to us. Right,、oh, that sucks. Oh, another thing he said was like one of the things that are like impacting the tourism industry negatively is multiculturalism. Oh my gosh! So how could you not be angry? <laughs> I think I I don't know. I would have like raised my hand. <laughs> how does that? I yeah, that's beyond me. Like so, how did people and, react like, to that? Well, my director was in that meeting, and she was like, "Do you want to try that again?" <laughs> But you know, like these are the encounters that we get through、I'm、work、sorry. sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you deal with it? How do you deal with stupid people? You accept it and you kind of like take it in a professional manner, and then I don't know. I know, but I think that's one of the best parts of working is like laughing about it too with your horse.、Yeah. So、at the same time, my colleague was texting me, just being like, "I need to get out of this meeting." Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's interesting. But there's actually one other incident. That I want to share with you guys.、Um, I'm sure she won't listen to this. I hope so. <laughs>、um, so I came into this organization as a manager, my a first time manager at this organization, and、um, I was told that I had to. I had one person that was two people that were under me, but one was one of them were on mat leave. And one of them came in, and this person has been at the foundation for like over fifteen years.、Mm-hmm. So she's a long-time standing colleague who has, you know, multiple contributions and started actually as a、um, EA、mm-hmm. for the CEO. So I knew what I was getting myself into, and it wasn't going to be an easy ride.、Mm-hmm. So I started a week before her. She was still on holidays, and she came back on that day, and I was. Fully, like, kind of like ready, but not really, because I'm still a first time manager. So I was like trying to navigate the situation. She came in with a vape. Oh wow! <laughs> and then she came in puffing it. And yeah, it was like on fire, like lightning, <laughs> and it's like puffing in my face. Yeah, I was like, "Hello, nice to meet you." And then apparently I was in her space, and she's like, "I want to move desks and blah 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 and this and that." I was like, my first reaction was like, "Wow, what have I gotten myself into?" Yeah. And then she's like, "I want to move my desk. I don't like sitting beside you. <laughs> I haven't even sat beside her yet, but yet she told me that she hates sitting beside me." I'm like, "Look, I have no problem with you moving anywhere else in the office. You just got to talk to like IT and you know facilities." Yeah. And you can move wherever there is an empty space. Yeah. So she did that, and she didn't get very far. She got like adjacent for me. Yeah. And sure, she moved. Yeah. Okay. And then we had our finally our one-on-one meeting where we sat, you know, across from each other, and she was totally assessing me. Yeah. And like how much ranking and how much power and experience I have. And the first question she asked me is like, "I like smoking. I'm gonna vape." In my office or something, but、yeah. the office was like a shared space. She was in a cubicle,、yeah. <laughs> so I was like,、um, "She's like, do you have a problem with me vaping?" And she was puffing at this time. Oh gosh! And I said to her, "I don't have a problem with smokers. My father is a smoker himself, right?" And I'm like, "If it's okay with HR, puff away." Yeah. And then she kind of stopped. Yeah. And because like she knew that like I wasn't gonna. 
Right. Like, I, I wasn't going to tell her no, but, like, I'm going to abide, like, with the policy. Yeah. And so she stopped. Yeah. And then, like, slowly, as the conversation went on, I could see her, like, breaking away her walls. And it's just so interesting seeing people, you know, you know, put up a front when they first come in and, like, how the wall has, like, kind of broken. Yeah. And now we're great friends. <laughs> it's really funny because I, when you're talking about your story about vaping, I remember my friend who was a manager and she had an office. <laughs> Did she vape? <laughs> she was vape. Amazing. And, like, as a friend hearing that, I'm like, that's hilarious yeah. and amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Please continue for my entertainment. Yeah. So I almost feel like with your friend or like your colleague, colleague, like that's actually awesome and hilarious. Yeah. And And like, I do have a lot of respect for people who just so do not give a fuck. Yeah. She, you know, like kind of like just does whatever she wants. She she beats to the, like she does, what is it called? Beats to her own drum. Yeah, she totally beats her own drum and does not really care about anyone because she's so she's like witnessed and seen so many of the changes in the organization that she's like I'm the only constant yeah I would love to be in that position honestly like I think that might be my new life goal or like my new career goal is just to be so good and be that secure and confident and like know your worth yeah. I think it's that's important. Or like be so institutional. Yeah. To- oh my god, that's so wonderful. Like, okay, so oh my god, that's such a great thing that you bring up today because I was at a going away. Yeah. We were just at a going away at our work, and it wasn't actually the person that was leaving today, but um our EA over mm-hmm. the CEO was leaving today, and she served um the the foundation. Yeah. And she's worked there for 20 20- Three years. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. So um, they, as kind of like a memory of her, and um, they showed um, the card photo, like yeah. the the photo that the oh, photo, yeah, the photo that you take when you have your access card. Yeah. Right, which is usually the first photo you take when you start at a foundation. And when she when she first took that photo, she told us she's like, I was like thirty nine. Oh, wow. And she she's in her 60s right now. Yeah. And you can, like, she's still beautiful. Mm-hmm. But the uh, she's been with four different CEOs. Yeah. One of them served 13 years. The other served, like, it's just kind of, it's incredible that yeah. the legacy that she has left in the foundation. And her clearing up her office was, like, emotional for so many different people. It's a little scary for me because... I don't know who to look for when I'm trying to book, you know, an invite with the CEO anymore because she's not there. And she was basically the backbone of HR. So she's so she, this woman is so sweet. She goes around every Friday taking attendance. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and she makes sure that everyone's there to, like, keep attendance to make sure that no one is, you know, giving her um, fake vacation days or fake sick days i don't think that's cute at all i think my manager does that too (laughs) i think it's cute now that she's gone right right i say that now that she's gone but like it was kind of freaking weird when i first arrived and she started taking like check marks of people in attendance yeah but now that she's gone like you know that she actually has a good heart yeah right 
And she is the type of person that, so we gave her a taxi chit to Mm -hmm. take, you know, all of her stuff home. Like, she has so much stuff at the foundation that she's gathered. Right. To this day, on her last day, she refuses to take the taxi chit. She's like, why waste foundation money when I can invest it in, like, patient care? That's very sweet. She's like, I'm going to take the subway because I'm capable. And she took all of her orchids and all of her belongings and just, like, she's like, I can do it. Wow. That's yeah, amazing. So like, it, it, that's it's great not, to know that there's, like, good people working. Yeah, the thing that when she's taking attendance, it's mm-hmm. not about her. It's about she wants to she wants to be responsible for the donor dollars. Right. What, I think it makes it more sweet. Like, you know, it's, like, fucking, anno- sorry. It's a little bit annoying when someone's, like, you feel like you're in grade school and you're taking attendance, right? Yeah. But once you know the story behind her and why she's doing it, it's sweet because she wants to be responsible for donor dollars and yeah. that's what she's all about. Yeah. She's never, like, expensed anything. She's never taken a cab anywhere. She's extremely responsible in terms of, like, spending the dollars. And I think that's where it comes from and that's why people appreciate her. Yeah. I think there's also, like, another layer to, like, work where somebody is just doing really good work for like the pure integrity of it and Mm -hmm. that's also so impressive because a lot of times (laughs) yeah 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 where they're just like they care so much about the work that they're doing and like they want to be doing good for the greater organization Mm -hmm. yeah like that's really impressive that's such a great story yeah i i hope that one day that I leave that kind of legacy somewhere and that I'm able to stay somewhere. I mean, not 23, that's a little, really long time, let's be honest. Um, but like, I'm able to leave some kind of legacy somewhere that I feel like I've accomplished something at an organization. That would be great. I think how I want to go out is I become that person who like who does good work. Mm-hmm. But to get to a point where uh, it costs more to cut me than to keep me and to be able to have that level oh, of 100%. like power and just to that feels good oh yeah <laughs> that's how I want to go out cheers to that let's cheers end it at that because that. <laughs> that's where we want to be here oh B <laughs> cheers thanks for listening to the let's talk basic podcast for more exclusive content, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Basic.